All right, lead heads. Welcome back to Talking Lead, episode 123. Had an excellent show last week with Andrew from Kalashnikov USA and Casey Griggs, our three gunner. Was uh, interesting talking about our IV88 experience. A uh, little rainy, a little wet, but uh, we still were able to pull out a good time. Anytime there's targets and guns and ammo involved and things that go boom. It's hard not to have a good time. Isn't that right, Danny? Yes, sir. <laughs> so I've got, like I told you guys last week, you know, it's rare that I, I announce who I'm going to have the the uh, next week. You know, you've seen some of the projects I've been posting online with the uh, dipstick coatings, the hydro dipping, and uh, Danny is the uh, the man behind my new addiction. Danny Bronson with dipstick coatings. Welcome in, buddy. How y'all doing? Oh man, we're making it. I'm I'm just I'm trying to uh, tone down my new addiction. <laughs> I, I wanna I wanna wrap everything now. That happens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I've I've done the AR pistol. Uh, I did Pepper's birthday present. Her AR I built her with the Mickey Mouse coating, as everybody's seen by now. And uh, she's just a Mickey Mouse fanatic. What can I say? She loves Mickey Mouse. Uh, she wanted to put it on her gun, see what it looked like, and I think it turned out okay. I think it looks pretty well, good. Be honest, be honest. You were just trying to get a reaction, get somebody to start arguing with you. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to stir the pot. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Get some of those libtards to, to chime in. <laughs> Bait. Nah, I'm just kidding. The gun looks great, so... <laughs> yeah, man, it does. It looks really good. I think probably, and I'll I'll talk it over with her. But maybe I should have used maybe a, a little darker background just to kind of make it look camo-ishy. I don't know. It it looks fine to me. But that's what she likes. She likes Mickey Mouse. She wanted Mickey Mouse on there. Boom. There you go. There you go. Who am I to argue with the misses? <laughs> Can't do that. There is no arguing. There's no winning. You, know, you can argue, but you're not you're not going to win. Yeah, so I did that, and then I've got uh, a shotgun. Danny had sent me another film by surprise. I wasn't expecting. Uh, it was a project that I was going to do a little bit later down the road, but I'd made a comment that I thought the giraffe pattern looked cool, and it'd be cool to do something in the giraffe pattern. So uh, my, my my Mossberg 500 is uh, giraffe now. <laughs> it's a cool-ass pattern, man. I love it. Yeah, it looks... Uh... Looks really cool on that gun. Yeah. I mean, the only only time it's going to be camoed is if I'm on the back of a giraffe, you know, going all um, long range. Well, hey, let's let, let's uh, you know, take a little hunting trip down to you know Africa. Go to Africa, <laughs> shoot some, yeah, shoot let's some go giraffes named Cecil. Make the make the headlines. <laughs> hey, get your rating, get your ratings right. <laughs> well, yeah, there's no such thing as bad publicity, is what they say, but. But no, I mean, I'll post. I haven't posted pictures of the uh, the shotgun yet, but I will post pictures, and I'm sure I will get all kinds of nasty comments about it. But I don't care. <laughs> a plain exactly. gun is a boring gun. You got to add some pizzazz to it, and that's where dipstick coatings come in. I, I want to say dipstick one two three because that's your website. Uh, dipstick coatings. Uh, you've got just tons and tons and tons of patterns, so. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think we're at about 260 or something like that. Oh, good lord! I don't have enough guns to to do all of them. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> on that one. 
<laughs> so I got a bunch of mine done, of course. And, well, yeah, but I mean, it's it's two two great addictions that go hand in hand: building firearms and the hydrographics dipping. They complement one another. Yeah, I mean, and you can go any direction with it. I'm, you can go hide yourself in the woods. You can get a, you know, a, what am I looking for? A digital type of camo. Yeah. Car- carbon fiber, wood grain. I actually had a real cheap gun uh, that I bought that the stocks were terrible. Instead of sitting there and polishing, you know, sanding down and restaining and all that on the uh, stocks, I just shot a coat of paint on them and dipped them in wood grain and... There you go. You can't really tell the difference. Because <laughs> all you got to do, I mean, it's it's really simple. And, I, you know, I started this project. I said I was going to start about a year ago. Uh, you had sent me my first kit. And uh, it's taken me that long to, to finish these two AR builds just because I'm a procrastinator. Um, <laughs> I'm not really a procrastinator. I just got so much to do. I just, it had to go to the back burner. But I finally got those project done. I finally got to get to the uh, the dipping, which a year ago I had one of those 80% lowers, and I was just practicing on it. And I did my first dipping in my kitchen sink. You know, I didn't really read the instructions, and it was horrible. It it didn't work. You know, I didn't I didn't um, put the stuff on the uh, the metal like you're supposed to to make it tacky so the paint right. will stick to it because it was just a uh, a naked white AR uh, lower receiver. It hadn't been anodized yet or anything. So the paint didn't stick to it very well. So therefore, when I did the dip, the film, it didn't stick to it very well. But then I also didn't, I didn't do the frame that you're supposed to, the little tape frame, uh-huh. or cut the corners. You know, so yeah, so it spread out like uh, and stretched out. It it just it was a mess, man. <laughs> it was it was a total mess. And I was like, I don't have time to deal with this and figure it out right now. So it got put on the back burner. But once I actually sat down and read the directions, uh, it's easy peasy, man. And you, when I show people, you know my my coatings, they're like, man, you've got all that equipment that it takes to do that. I was like, yeah, I got water. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I've got water in a tub that I got from Walmart. You know, one of those ten dollar. Um, those big 55-gallon tubs they've got or whatever. That's perfect. And perfect. that handled a 15-inch rail, a 16-inch barrel. I guess that's what the shotgun barrel is. Um, uh, plenty of space to do, hopefully it's to do my – on the shotgun? Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Is that what it has to be? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we need to what edit that part out. <laughs> no, because I don't care. <laughs> It don't make a damn to me. Um, it's a shotgun. Yeah, it's legal. Exactly. It's it's not shorter than the legal amount. Okay, then you're good to go. Yeah, whatever that is. Um, but yeah, I mean that was it. You just you follow directions. And so that's and the key. It's follow directions. It's follow directions, and they're easy. And you know you need to use their kit, the stuff that comes in their kit, and boom, it's done. And we'll get into talking about um, that process here in just a little bit. Um, first, we want to get into uh, what's been going on since the last show, and um, what did I do? That? Oh yeah, the big event at uh, Gold's Gym that I advertised. It was their big six-year anniversary here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and they had invited Talking Lead out to take part in that, and I was uh, very honored to do that. 
um, I didn't record the show or anything. I was just kind of there, and I saw that as an opportunity. Uh, as you guys know, I've been working with Mission 22 on their uh, their campaign for the awareness of veteran suicide rate. There's 22 veterans every day on average, over 8,000 a year, I think is what it is, something just uh, unacceptable. Uh, one is is too many. Oh, yeah. uh, so, you know, their campaign is to bring awareness to the public, and that's how you make change is you make people aware because if people aren't aware that there is, you know, a problem or situation, then how do you get it changed? You can't, you know, there's no way to get it changed. So that's that's their main goal right now. They're um, kind of a subsidiary, I guess, I don't know what you actually call it, of the uh, Elder Heart Foundation, uh, which that is founded by some former Green Berets. Uh, so these guys have struggled with uh, PTSD and traumatic brain injury, uh, you know, firsthand. And they're the ones who came up with this organization and this project, uh, Mission 22. So uh, it was a real honor f to meet those guys, Randy and Brian, uh, representatives that came down from Nashville, Indiana, of all places, uh, <laughs> down to Murfreesboro, Tennessee, for that event. And, I mean, they were very well received. Uh, it was a big event. Uh, there were hundreds of people there. Uh, and I think we got, you know, the message out to uh, a lot of people that otherwise weren't familiar with the tragedy with our veterans committing suicide. So looking forward to doing more with those guys in the future also. So thank you, Randy and Brian. So I'm looking forward to getting the founders on the show, uh, Magnus Johnson, Mike, I think it's Kissel, Kissel, K-I-S-S-E-L, and then Tom Spooner. Uh, those are the the main guys that founded the the organization. So look forward to hopefully getting those guys. I know they're very busy, um, but we're working through our schedules and uh, trying to get them on very soon. So go check them out, mission22.com. They've got some cool shirts, hats, patches, uh, all kinds of cool things that you guys can uh, can sport. And, of course, the other things I did this week were the, the hydro-dipping projects. Uh, I got Tia's gun finished with the Mickey Mouse. I did the, the giraffe with the uh, Mossberg. And I'm just I'm trying to figure out what I want to dip next. Uh, I mean, you can dip anything. You can dip handguns. You can, dip, you can even dip clothes, can't you? Uh, yeah, I've seen uh, some people. We had one. Uh, um, I've seen people dipping hats and all sorts of other. Uh, and that stuff actually uh, will... will Stick on to clothes. You, can you wash it, or will it wash it out? Uh, honestly, it's not something I've played with too much. Um, okay. I know so a that's kind of new territory. Doing, yeah, they're doing hats and stuff. I know they're putting like Scotch Guard over it as their clear coat. Okay. Um, I'm not sure on the washing part though. Okay. Well, I might have to test that out on uh, a hat or something. But I mean, people yeah. are doing their motorcycles. They're doing their golf carts. They're doing their iPhone oh, yeah. cases. They're doing their computer screens. And if you can yeah, dip much, it, pretty much anything, and it can tolerate getting wet. Can... <laughs> yeah. What's the craziest so thing? That... Yeah. What's the craziest thing you've seen dipped? <laughs> Probably our last uh, last contest winner was the brawl. Um, that was pretty <laughs> fun. <laughs> I mean. So we all that we was all funny. Our, we all had to make our jokes with him about you know stealing his wife's brawl and 
take a picture of his wife now and stuff like that. Um, and, but, uh, <laughs> and hoping that it is it's his wife's bra, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that ain't my bra. Whose bra is that? <laughs> one one of my other favorite is uh you know the the um holders that hold the uh, uh the um toilet bowl brush. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I'm familiar with a toilet bowl brush, and I'm familiar with things that you set them in sometimes, yeah? Yeah, well, <laughs> not that you actually put it there, but, uh, you know, the thing that holds up the plunger of the toilet brush, well, they dipped it wood grain to match the uh, uh, floor of their bathroom. Not that that was oh, cool. so the, hand, the actual handle, yeah. the well, handle no, of the, the brush? No, the holder that actually holds it straight up, um, uh-huh. okay. so it's not sitting on the so floor. After you... Right, okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's, so that was, uh, yeah. That's I like creative, the creative stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, Danny, tell us about dipstick coatings and how you got involved with this this whole business. Well, I got into hydrographics five, six years ago. I was doing it out of my garage, kind of like what you're doing. Um, then my dad uh, decided to start selling the supplies. And yeah. So we just kind of slowly and organically... Uh, Started building inventory and selling supplies, and I've gotten a great feedback, great following from it. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're very open. People, uh, you know, call us all the time for tech support and um, spend a good part of the day on the phone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, talking to people and. Um, I, I can't imagine that if they follow directions, what what else? What do they need to know? What kind I of questions do they come up with? Well, just different different steps along the way, like getting to a more professional level, getting away from the aerosols, um, you know, setting up your activator gun, uh, you know, building dip tanks. Activator gun? What? Yeah. I don't know what that is. Is that the yeah. spray can? <laughs> <laughs> For you, yes. For me, um, yes. Yeah, okay. But, no, I use a, a actual paint gun, like an automotive uh, paint gun. Like, to, okay, um, like a spray gun, a pressurized spray uh, air, yeah, air, like an airbrush kind of thing, but the bigger scale. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So you're all uh, professional and shit with it. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> we try to be. <laughs> so, so let's talk about that pro- the process of of hydro dipping. So step by step, let's say I'm dipping. Um, let's say I'm dipping my Glock because. I'm seriously considering about dipping my Glock in something. I don't know what yet. I got you. Um, so let's let's walk the leadheads through the process. All right. Uh, your biggest, I mean, everything comes down to your prep work, as you found out. Um, you know, you want to free it of any grease, oils, anything that will contaminate under the paint, because if you have that under there, it, it's bound to release at some point. Um, right. And so you want to clean it extremely well. Then you got to prep the surface. Um, now, what do you usually, use to do that with? What do you recommend to to degrease? Um, degrease. You can use pretty much anything from Simple Green, acetone, uh, Dawn dish soap. Um, you know, you just want it free of all contaminants, or the best you can, at least. Now, you also don't want to damage your uh, your finish on your gun underneath either. So. Any is any of that stuff going to be adverse to the metal on the gun or the plastic on the gun? The, oh yeah, I mean you're definitely you want to you want to scuff into the uh, the metal, take some of the um, take it down to where it has a good uh, a good bite for the paint. Um, 
Yeah. So taking taking it back would, you know, if you wanted to take it all back to original, unfortunately, you'd have to refinish it. Right. Um, you know, if you just go straight over the factory finish, you're more than likely going to have a failure. Not um, going to stick good. Correct. Okay. So what is it? Is this blue? That's not bluing. What do they call it on a on a rifle? It's bluing on a on a handgun. What is this? What do they do? Are they parkerizers or parkerizers? There you go. Yeah, the parker. So you actually want to take off that parkerization or or get into it a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. You want to give it a good. Uh, you know, if it's too slick, the paint doesn't have anywhere to bite to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just want to get that down a little bit. Um, then you'd uh for the metals. Uh, it now, on a, a, now I'm sorry to interrupt. Now on a Glock, I'm taking mine apart right now. Um, obviously you want to after you you want to break it down. Yes. You know, so you want to take it apart, and there's there's parts here that you not you don't necessarily want to get wet. Right. So so you want to take it apart. You want to remove your spring. You want to remove your barrel. Now you could actually dip your barrel if you wanted to also because it can get wet. Yeah. Uh, you just don't want to scuff up the inside, uh, just on the outside. And then you can Correct. plug that hole. Uh, you can plug plug your barrel hole so water don't get in there. So you could make that airtight. So you yep. could so you could actually dip that. Um, now you don't want to take too much of the finish off because these things do have tolerances. Uh, so you're just you're just use what kind of grit would you use? Like you're using a sandpaper. I know you sent me a little. Um, a little gritty kind of spongy thing. What was yeah, that? Yeah, that's a fine uh, Scotch Brite. Um, okay, Scotch Brite. Yeah. Gotcha. So you're just taking it down, taking it down a little bit, because um, you got to remember you're also putting paint onto it, so uh, that's going to build it up just a hair. Yeah, with the metals, I'd recommend using an etching primer before you paint. Um, the mm-hmm. etching primer is going to bite into the metal. Um, and then allow the paint to bite into the etching primer. Uh, it just gives you a better, better, stronger adhesion. Okay. Now for the slide on on a Glock or any other firearms that are striker fire, uh, do I need to break it down any further? Do I need to remove any of this, uh, any of the springs or anything on the the slide inside the slide? Would you uh, recommend I, doing that? I do. Um, I recommend taking them down as far as you're comfortable. Uh, yeah. Me, me personally, when I'm doing a gun, I detail strip it. Uh, especially with the Glock, it's so easy to get the firing pin and everything just out of there so you're not risking anything. Right. So um, being on the safe side, just go ahead and just skeletonize it. Yeah, that's yep. that's how I do it. Okay. Um, that's the recommended way. Not everybody does it, though. <laughs> yeah, and then, of course, if you don't want to get your sights messed up, you could either tape over, you know, depending on what you've got. Like I've got just the factory Glock. I tape, o- tape over the white, or I just take the sights off. Right. Because you don't um, want to get get the film or paint on that. Yeah. Um, and just anything that you don't want uh, getting wet or getting painted or getting dipped, uh, tape it off. Um, tape it off or take it off. So. Now now on the lower um, of the Glock, you know, it's got a lot more metal moving pieces in that. You recommend taking all that out also? Uh, I do. Uh, I definitely recommend it. Um, I've seen people just tape off everything and dip it, but I don't really yeah. like the idea of soaking my trigger and all the little moving parts and the springs and everything in there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I would be hesitant to do that too. But it's, it's I mean, Glocks are really easy to break down. If you're not comfortable with it, then just take it to your local uh, gunsmith 
and uh, just have them break it down for you. I'm sure they wouldn't charge very much for that at all. Nah, uh, most of them are real reasonable with you. They'll take it apart and put it back together for you for a small fee. Yeah, yeah, and that'd be well worth it. That way you don't risk risking parts. So we've degreased, uh, we've taken it apart. Uh, what's our next step? Um, we're just gonna scuff everything up, get a good profile for paint to uh, stick to. Right, right. So just take that Scotch Brite and scuff everything up real well. And then the next step after that, you're gonna take a, a tack cloth. Which the tack cloth, what it does is it removes any leftover debris, anything that you sanded, dust, anything like that is kind of a last catch-all. Right. Um, wipe it down, then uh, hang it up and start putting your base coat on. Now, now what kind of paint is that that comes with your kits? Um, it's especially formulated for hydrographics, but it's a, it's a vinyl-based paint. It's got a huge dip window. It dries extremely fast. It does. I noticed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean with, paint, with light coats, you can be dipping, you know, five, ten minutes after your last coat. Yeah. So impatient people like me, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I got, you know, get their itis. So when I start a project, I want to get done with it just as soon as possible. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was spraying mine, and I was letting, I was probably letting it dry a little bit longer than that just because I'd get ADD, busy doing something else, and like, oh, I need to go check that out. But, uh, yeah, so we'll put the base coat on. Then, while that's drying, what you could be doing is prepping the film, right? Yes, sir. And really, with the film, all that is is you want to, one, you want to store it in a, you know, humidity-controlled area because uh, it is, you know, activated by water, so you don't want to store it in a very humid environment. <clears throat> um, otherwise, the film starts absorbing water before you want it, want it to. Yeah. But, uh then after that, um, you know, you cut out the size that you, you need. Uh, some people like to tape off the sides of the film. Uh, I tend to tell beer people away from that just because even if you tape it off and put relief slits in there, it's still going to expand on you. Uh -huh. So I recommend getting some PVC pipe and some 90-degree uh, angles, and it'll just make a floating dam. So you just cut your film just a little bit smaller in that dam, mm -hmm. and it'll... Uh, you know, it lets it hydrate correctly. But see, that's and what I didn't. I read that in your instructions about the. I didn't understand what you were telling me to do there. So explain the PVC pipe a little, a little more detail on what's going on with that. All right, basically, uh, you're just gonna make. Let's say you wanted you're dipping that uh, uh, that slide. Um, yeah. You know, so you take you know PVC is cheap, so you go get a couple sticks of it and you cut them different lengths, and then you build a frame. So let's say your frame is six by 12 um, okay. on the inside. Cut your film five and a half by eleven and a half, okay. and just set. And that frame's going to float on the water. So when you uh, set your film in there, it's just going to sit between that frame. Okay. Um, so the whole purpose of that is to keep the film once you add, put the activator from just dispersing too much. Correct. Uh, yeah, and when you, because uh, when you activate it, starts stretching, and that the more it stretches, the more distorted it gets, the more colors right. start to fade, um, <clears throat> and all sorts of stuff like that. And it's hard to get consistency. Now, if right. you do it with the frame and you're cutting everything the same size each time, it's very easy to get a very consistent look um, on everything you're doing. Right. I think I was using the tape method, uh -huh. just because I didn't, I didn't understand the PVC paper and and I was limited in size in that tub I was using. 
Mm-hmm. So if I'd have put PVC in there, you know, it would have it would have limited my dipping capability. I think. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah. So I would have needed a bigger thing to get you know some of the things that I dipped. But for the most part, all the other parts would have been fine. I just think the barrel it would have limited me because I was I was just barely enough for the the barrel that I did on the yeah. shotgun. But then you probably uh, you had that film pretty much fit in that tub perfect after you cut it, correct? Uh, for the barrel, yeah. I mean, it would the yeah the tub so itself. The, the tub itself was acting as your dam on that one then. So I didn't really need to to tape it off then. Correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I learned something there. That's going <laughs> to help me on my next project then. Yeah. All right. So you got two steps. First, you learned to read the directions, and now you learned to. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you were telling me, you know, you're telling me to put a frame on it. I was like, okay, I didn't, didn't really understand what the frame was for because I'm, you know, I was just, this is what I need to do. I didn't think why I needed to do it. But because when I did it before in the sink, uh-huh. when it spread out, it, it got to my sink and it stopped it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. The, the edges of the sink. And stopped. I was like, right. And it, and when I dipped it, it didn't give it didn't give way, so it was kind of sticking to the sink, and it wasn't wanting to let go. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. So I thought that's why you taped it. That's no. That was <laughs> hey, there's there's the fact to fight the myth right there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right, so now we've got our film, and whether you choose to do the PVC or you choose to do the tape, and the tape works good. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't have any problems with the tape. Um, but like you're saying, you get a more consistent pattern if you use the PVC, and that makes sense. Right. Um, let's talk about the water. That's that's a big part of the the dipping, obviously. Oh, the um, special water. The, the special water. It has to be a certain temperature. Yeah. Uh, the well, the container has to be a certain size, you know, for your project. It has to be big enough, obviously, deep enough to handle your project, and yeah. you know, wide and, and long enough. So let's talk about that. Um. The container, uh, you know, you want it, like you said, big enough to handle your project. Um, you know, you want to give more room than you need. You know, it's better to have too much than too little. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, your water, you want it roughly, I like to be at 85 degrees. If you see, like, a professional dip tank, they all have heaters and thermostat controllers on them. Yeah. Um, that'll keep your uh, keep your um, temperature at the right side, or the right uh, right temperature. temperature. Yeah. Um, but really, you want warm water. You know, bathtub warm is what you think. That that's uh, all for the hydration process. The warmer water helps the film hydrate quicker. Okay. Um, you can actually dip in colder water, but you know you're going to be spending five minutes letting that film hydrate. So. Well, and that's another thing that I found out too is um, I'd start off warm, but I would be dipping, you know, several pieces at, you know, one after the other. Mm-hmm. And in between, the water had time to cool because it's been cool, and I've, I've been doing it mainly at night. Right. Um, so the water's been cooling off pretty quick, and it, it I probably got, you know, below 70 <laughs> on yeah. a couple of my dips. And I noticed that it took, I had to do more rinsing. Yeah. Um, to get it to get it to actually get that sticky, filmy residue off of it. Right. Yeah, the yeah. the colder the water, that's why I like to do everything warm. It just speeds up the whole process. Right, and that's something that I learned through the process too. Is that yeah, the the warmer water is definitely better. And luckily, it didn't really um, oh. cost me 
a whole lot, you know, as far as the temperature goes. So it was okay to do it in the cold water. It's just I'm gonna I had to spend a little extra prep time after the dip. Uh huh. So um, so now we've got our water situated. We've got our um, film ready to go. You put it in the water. Now when you put it in the water, it's got to sit there for a little bit, right? Correct. Got to kind of marinate, right? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's the hydration process. You'll see the film kind of expand and contract in there. Um, it'll wrinkle up at first, and it'll flatten and smooth back out. And and, uh, and sometimes you get air bubbles in there. Is that? Do you want to get those air bubbles out, or is it? I always flush my air bubbles out because I didn't know if it would jack it up or not. So yeah, it will. Anything that there's air under there, um, it's not going to transfer in that spot because that that piece of the film is not hydrating. So you can either tap them out or blow them out, and uh, yeah, blowing I found was was the best way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, tapping sometimes I would uh, submerge it and get water on top. Yeah, that's not good either. Yeah, <laughs> so. but but it's very it's very uh, durable because I never tear I never tore it. Mm -hmm. So that was you know that was good uh, when I was trying to you know just kind of flush it out by hand. But then I tried blowing it and. <laughs> he said, "Blow it." Uh, <laughs> you beat me to it. Yeah, <laughs> and it, you know, it did fine. It just whisked, whisked them away, and it was good. So, <laughs> yeah. and how long does it have to to marinate? Um, well, depending on your water temperature, eighty-five degrees. You know, eighty, eighty-five degrees, about a minute. Um, if you're down at, you know, seventy degrees, two, three minutes. Yeah. Um. You can kind of read the film. You'll see it expand, you know, contract back up, and when it flattens out, you know, a few little bit, after, you know, just a few seconds after that, you're good to to go ahead and spray your activator. Yeah, I mean, I probably didn't do it more than four minutes. Yeah. At any time, because because I would go, I put my film in, and then I'd come back and I would grab uh, my project, uh, and I would try to find. You know, some kind of handle to put on it, depending on what part I was dipping. Uh -huh. I had I had little metal things I would like put through the hollow parts and hold it on either end, or mm -hmm. I would get uh, I would find some kind of kitchen utensil that I could <laughs> that I could. Uh, forcep forceps are great. Um, forceps, yeah, yeah, these uh, things. So one of my customers actually introduced me to using these while dipping and doing other coating processes. Okay, and then Did sometimes you, I just I. Just held it with my hand and dipped it in. Of course, I got it on my hands, but it's real. It was easy to get off my hands. Oh yeah, no, you just you know anywhere your fingers are touching, it's not going to transfer, obviously. But uh, yeah, you know as long as your hands are out of the way, just um, you know as far as the surface that you're trying to dip, you're good to go. Yeah. So I would uh, I'd get my my piece that I was getting ready to dip, and then I would get the activator and I'd start shaking the activator while it was marinating, while the film's mm -hmm. marinating. The, I guess that's the next process is to add the activator, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. the activator. Um, you know, spray two passes of activator on there. You want to hold it about 12 to 18 inches above the film. Um, after you spray the activator, let it set for five, ten seconds. Um, now, do you want to be liberal with that activator? Because I was, I was doing it both ways, and it didn't really uh -huh. seem to make a difference either way. Yeah, it. Uh, you want to get enough. Because anywhere that you don't get activator is not going to transfer either. Yeah. So um, you just want to make sure that you have good coverage. Uh, if you go what too does the activator, too much activator on there, on there you can have other issues also. So. Okay. 
Well, apparently, I don't guess got, I got too much because I didn't really have any issues with um, the dipping. But what? Explain what the activator does. What is what is it doing? Um, basically, the film starts out as a solid, you know, film piece of paper, uh, if you you know, kind of thing. You set it on the water; it absorbs the water, and then when you hit it with the activator, it basically liquefies the film. So you basically just have floating paint sitting on top of the water, and then the first thing that paint touches is what it adheres to. And that'd yeah. be your your whole dip process. Um, it just basically it just liquefies the film. Okay, it's magic. It's magic. So then, when you put the is does it have to marinate or is there any certain amount of time on it? Because I would usually uh, put it on there and then you know wait just maybe thirty seconds mm -hmm. uh, before before I did yeah. the dip. Yeah, thirty seconds is uh you know. It's a little on the long side, but you're still good to go on that. Okay. Or if I saw it spreading out too fast, uh -huh. I would, you know, I would go ahead and and dip. You won't have to worry about that when you build your PVC dams. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The PVC is going to solve that. Yes, sir. Um, so now I've got my my piece, and I guess it depends on the shape and size and uh, whatnot. But I I tried a couple of different techniques. Uh, where I would do one side at a time, uh, mm -hmm. and then I also did it to where I would take maybe the narrower side to try to get both sides at one time. Uh -huh. And I didn't really, other than having to dip it twice, doing the one side at a time, I didn't really see that it, it did a better job one way or the other. Yeah, it depends on what you're dipping. When you get into bigger things, other things, you know... Um, if you do it in one dip or two. Gun stocks, I personally, I like to do them in two dips because that way I can focus on one side. I can get that perfect leaf right there on the stock or, you know, the logo, of the the brand, you know, mm -hmm. right right where I want it on both right. sides. And it also just eliminates a whole, you know, if there's a blowout, there's you're a lot more likely, uh, you're a lot... Don't worry, it's I had it. Easier. <laughs> you know, it's a lot easier to screw up if you're trying to do the whole thing at once, so... Yeah, it uh, if it's a big piece, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, little things, the slide, stuff like that. You just do those in one dip. That's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, but that's that goes into how big you cut your piece too. Is if you want it to wrap around in one wrap, you need to make sure it's kind of like wrapping paper when you're wrapping a a a present. You know, it, yeah. it it's got to <laughs> be able. You got to cut in a big enough piece that's going to go, you know, all in one. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. One thing, and it's, it's the same. It. And you got to look at all. You got to take into consideration all the curves and nooks and crannies too. I'm still it, that analogy. You know, do it, do it, man. <laughs> that's free. That's free to you. Free, sweet. No royalties. <laughs> no royalties. That's right, baby. Um, but yeah, it, I guess it's just personal preference on how you want to do it, or like if you're trying to accomplish a certain uh, placement. Of a image from the dip, then you know it right. would de depend on how you go in. Now you you recommend going in instead of just just dropping it straight in at an angle. Yes, that's the uh, eliminate air trapped air because if there's trapped air, you're not going to get a transfer. So you go at about a 30 degree angle and kind of push into the film, mm -hmm. and uh, that'll get you you know better coverage. You won't have air pockets in there. Now, do you push? Do you push straight down at a thirty-degree angle, or are you moving it, moving forward into the forward film? into? Okay. Yeah, you want to keep up with the inks. 
Gotcha. And that's that's the way I was doing it on the bigger one. Now the the smaller ones, of course, you know, they get done quicker and it doesn't feel yeah. like you're moving forward. But um, so that's what it is. So after now, when you when you're dipping it, you take it down and you got to shake it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just right. to get all the excess What's film you, stuff attached to it. Just get it off and uh, get the stuff that's floating on the surface out of the way. You pull it back up. Um, which really, once it's wet, it's not nothing's going to stick to it. Um, yeah. So you could just go down. You don't even have to shake it. You could pull back up if you really wanted to. I just like well, clearing stuff out of the way. I'm I'm cheap and lazy. So <laughs> what I was what I was trying to do on some of them because as I was dipping it, I noticed that there was still a lot of film left, uh-huh. and I would try to I would try not to mess up that area over there that that wasn't <laughs> adhering. Uh-huh. And I, I would kind of like try to take it under it and over it and around it, and, and then come back and use that <laughs> that other film piece. for a smaller piece. If it works, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't because the uh, I would get the um, and and that happened when I did Alpha Tango. I learned that when with Alpha Tango is I got more consistent patterns when I would when I would just dip it and not try to double dip. Ah, yeah, there you go, double dip. <laughs> Don't double dip. <laughs> yeah, just try to try to focus on your one piece. That's the other reason I like to, you know, even focus on half the piece at a time. Right. Um, now I was able to do that with a grip and a dust cover. Uh-huh. I was able to get two dips out of of one sheet of film. Yeah, and you could just use two hands with those and just, you know, mm-hmm. go both at one time. I actually used a um, paper clip. Undid a paper clip for the. Uh, Dust cover, stuck it in those holes, and and use that. That works. To to dip it in, and then the grip. Uh, actually used a like those little pot holders that have the little prongs on the side that you squeeze and you put in the the holes, you know, like yeah. those camping pot holders. Yeah. Actually use one of those in my grip and <laughs> use that to dip. So. Hey, if it works, it works. I was experimenting with all kinds of kitchen utensils. <laughs> Oh, all my kitchen utensils are dipped now too. <laughs> oh, very nice. <laughs> I'm sure the I'm sure the woman's happy about that. <laughs> well, uh, it was it was the discarded ones, you know. Ah, okay. Yeah, you're so, smarter than me then. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say that. No. Um, so now we've got it dipped. We've got it uh, shaken off. We're bringing it back up. Next process is the rinse. The rinse. And basically, what happens is after you dip, you have a leftover PVA on the uh, on the objects. It's a slimy feel. It kind of feels like uh, when you're cleaning a deer, kind of feels like that slimy residue on there. And uh, mm. you know what you... I likened it to uh-huh. is if you you ever been to the lake and you know that that um, the algae, uh, the algae. Yeah, it's like yeah, algae. It's like thick algae on the rock. Yep. And so you want to rinse all that off. Um, and basically, if you leave that on there, you're going to have a hard time clear coating. Uh, so you just rinse it off. It takes a few minutes. Um, you know, rinse it so you don't feel any slime, and then rinse it a little bit more. Uh, then hang. What it I did there. was uh, I would rinse it until I thought you know it was it was pretty good. And of course, you know, my water temperature had a lot to do with this. Also, I found obviously I found out when I did it with warmer water, it was a lot drier and less snotty feeling, slick slick feeling, uh-huh. and I didn't have to rinse it as much, but I went ahead, even even then, I rinsed them again, 
I did a couple of rinses on them. Mm-hmm. Just just to be on the safe side, and that dries pretty quick too. I mean, I depending on if you put a fan on it or something. Do you recommend putting fans on them or letting them dry naturally? Oh, I do it all the time. I'll take the uh, from the air hose from the compressor and blow stuff off. I'm in a rush to get it, you know, to dip or to clear. Okay. Um, to rush so that's not going to affect the durability of it then. Oh, all your durability is really going to come from the last step, which is your clear coat. Okay, uh, which is the step that we're at now. After you let it yep. dry, you're going to put yep. the clear coat on. Okay. Yep, let it dry thoroughly. Then you're going to clear coat it. Uh, you know, two, three coats of clear. Um, then you're going to let that set up, you know, overnight, day or two, and uh, then you're good to reassemble. Okay. Well, that's something that I didn't do either. <laughs> Wait. You I didn't wait. Coat? I didn't wait a day or two. Oh, uh, yeah. I would I would clear coat and you know, I might leave and run a couple of errands and be gone a couple of hours and then I'd come back and felt dry to me. So yeah, I mean when it's dry <laughs> when it's dry you can put it back together. You just don't really you can't really test the durability of the clear till it's you know had 24 hours or more to truly dry. Right. Um, well, I haven't other than the Alpha Tango and it had. It had plenty of time to dry before I took it out and actually shot it, but uh-huh. it had a really good good test because I took it to Georgia to the IV888 shoot, and it was uh-huh. torrential downpours, and I was shooting it in that <laughs> weather, uh-huh. and it's it's still holding up. Other than the grip, right. the Ergo, because I used the Ergo grip, and you were telling me, and the, um, uh, what's this butt stock? The six-hour stabilizing brace, uh-huh. because I didn't degrease them properly. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to go back and redip those. But as far as the metal goes, everywhere the handguard, the upper, the lower, the magazine. Mm-hmm. I, I even did the flash hider in <laughs> in Alpha Tango. Yeah. Um, it's 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 holding up great, man. Oh, now yeah. do you, now do you recommend after so long going back and putting another thing of clear coat on it? Oh no, you want to put the clear coat on all at one time. Um, just clears tend to get too hard to clear on top of each other after a while. If you don't want to wet sand it or something like that, you give it a profile to bite to. Uh-huh. But, no. Okay. So if it starts peeling off, it starts wearing off, then you just need to dip it again completely. Yeah. Okay. So, or you can touch it up. I mean, you can shoot some clear on there. And uh, yeah. I even did my charging handle, man. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I, did it, I did it on the, the Mickey Mouse one, too. I don't think I've ever dipped a charging handle. You got one up on me. Okay, well there we go. Be uh, <laughs> something new every time. I figure the inside of it probably won't hold well, but the outside should st- still hold the camo on it pretty good. Yeah, and that's uh, I mean, you were just using rattle can clear as well, um, mm-hmm. which isn't going to be as strong as a 2K clear or a Duracoat or Suracoat clear. But uh, <clears throat> so I could use that on on this after I get done. I could use one of those clear coats. Yeah, absolutely. And those would be a little more durable. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, I use on anything I send out the door for customers. It's always either two K or you know something that's an industrial strength uh, versus the rattle can. It's just a one part. There's no hardeners in it. There's no. It doesn't get nearly as hard. There's not as much protection with it. I got you. Okay. Well, I'll have to get me some of that then. Definitely. <laughs> but I did. Uh, of course, I did the Alpha Tango, the Alpha Fet's what I call it. I did the whole rifle. I did everything 
I see that. I, that I could dip, except the barrel. I didn't do the barrel on this one, or or the boat carrier group, obviously. Yeah. Um, but on peppers, I just did basically the furniture, mm -hmm. and left the the body black, the upper and the lower black. But I did the dust cover and I did the charging handle, also. But that was a nice con contrast. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I like leaving some contrast in there and. Definitely. So cool. I mean, the whole process of us talking through it took a lot longer than the actual process takes. <laughs> that is true. Uh, you know, of course, depending on the size of your project. Yeah, true. And you know, a lot, of, a lot of the time that you spend uh, on the project is going to be waiting for stuff to dry. Right. Uh, so hands-on time is really not that much. And really, the amount of time that we just spent talking about the process, I could have had this entire Glock done. <laughs> you, and, and posting pictures on Instagram. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag, yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. Yeah, so um, I know our lead heads are, are going to be doing some projects too, and they can go to dipstick1, no, is it dip123.com. Dip123.com and look at all the different patterns that they have there, which you said there's over 200. Yes, sir. And you can dip pretty much, like I said, if you can get it, if it can tolerate being wet, then you can hydro dip it. Yes, sir. That brings us to our next topic, which is going to be the jack wagon of the week. <laughs> hey, Ralph, Semper do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week, so brace yourself, baby. I think some people might want to hydro dip some things that they're going to be using here as our jack wagons. So I'm, I'm going to start us off with the jack wagon. Uh, I know Danny's got a couple also, but um, this one is tied into uh, one that we had. Is it last week or week before? Is one Andrew threw on the jack wagon train? It was that professor at the uh, that Texas college to where you know Texas has allowed carry. Uh, open carry, not open. Carry, it's just carry on campus. Yeah, they allow if you can legally, carry. if you if you can legally carry the gun, you can carry. I think it's concealed um, on in campus. Um, yeah. yeah, on campus uh, property in the buildings. Yeah, uh, there's certain areas that they allow or don't. You know, some okay. some places are restricted, but they pass a law that you can campus carry, and you know. Professors are up in arms. There's some students that are, you know, butthurt over it, up in arms. And this leads me to our jack wagon this week, which is tied into that whole thing, is there is a, a group that has started this movement, and they're calling it, and I'm going to warn you guys, if you got your children listening right now, you, you want to turn the volume down. Uh, this is, you know, kind of adult material. Yeah, uh, they're calling their movement Cox, not Glocks. So it's like hashtag Cox, not Glocks. So this this chick has, is, she's trying to start this movement, and they're not going to start doing it until sometime next year, like April of next year or something like that, which I don't know what their delay is if they're such, uh, you know, so butthurt over it. But they're going to start carrying, strapping giant dildos to their backpacks and carrying dildos on campus, which I don't, I don't get the analogy of. Well, I don't see how they're not going to get in trouble because wouldn't that be uh, like 
yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? Just indecent exposure, more or less. Even though it's well, fake. and that's the thing that that is, you know, carrying a, a, a firearm on campus as long as you're licensed to do so is permitted and legal. Okay, mm-hmm. they have an indec- indecency, um, what's it called? Uh, not a law, but for their for their campus, what's it called? Uh, obscenity. Bible. They have an obscenity policy. It's a policy. Yeah. on campus that no person or organization will distribute or display on campus any writing or visual image or engage in any public performance that is obscene. And it goes on probably with some more. As defined in Texas Penal Code, this actual this is an actual Texas Penal Code, Section 43.21 uh, or successor provisions. So there's actually you know, a law against people doing that on campus. So you know, they're they're wanting to break the law to protest something that's legal um, with with dildos no less. And the reasoning behind this is uh, so this chick, her name's Jen, says the concept for the events, which will take place August 2016, when the bill goes into effect, began as a reaction to the recent spat of campus shootings. S- spat. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I felt a lot of frustration. Obviously, she's got some frustration. Uh, and she has to carry her dildo. She's killed her dildo. At those who were still trying to explain away or make excuses for this repeated pattern of violence and said to myself, man, these people are such dildos, Jen tells USA Today College. I couldn't believe that people could still sit there and defend their own personal gun ownership while watching families mourn the loss of their children. I, I don't see how they could could not be even more justified by doing it because of that. But according to Jen, large plastic phalluses were the chosen item of protestation. Protestation? Protest? Their chosen item to protest because it is just plain funny. So she thinks this is a joke. She hopes this will foster commentary on what is or isn't obscene because she thinks firearms are obscene. Ah. Uh, while spotlighting the masturbatory nature of the power which people derive from gun ownership. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's a lot of arguing going on, but the consensus is we're all just trying to not get killed, Jen says. Wow. I mean, could this person be any more misinformed and idiotic? I don't, I'm just still trying to find the connection on carrying a dildo. I, I, I don't either, so... Let's see. I need this proliferation of dildos to offer people a visual representation of what it would be like if we all carried guns. Huh? I'm still not getting it, Jen. Okay, so how does carrying a dildo liken to carrying your firearm? It should look ridiculous to you. Okay, so carrying a firearm should look ridiculous. Why is that? It just makes her look slutty. That is her point. This is America. If guns and bloodshed don't wake people up, a public celebration of sexuality may just do the trick. Really? <laughs> just, wow. I'm just I'm at a loss, man. I, I cannot bring my mentality down to this level to, to even try to understand this, man. Yeah, that's uh. I don't know. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not getting it. So, 
So if she's trying to liken dildos to guns, so shouldn't dildos be regulated by the government just like firearms are then? So they <laughs> if they're background check. If they're less than sixteen inches, then you you gotta <laughs> go through the NFA. Uh if it doesn't have a buttstock on it, or would it be considered a uh, a pistol at that point? Um, if it's if it uses batteries, wouldn't that be, be a full? It'd be, it'd be full auto then instead of a semi-auto, and then thus you would need additional taxation and regulation on top of that. And a uh, you know, six-month period. And then I guess the black ones are going to be scarier than the other ones. Um. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, so I mean, this whole her whole reasoning and logic behind this is obviously flawed, uh, and she's she's just trying to get attention. Um, I, I I don't get it. So I mean, what they're gonna do? Actually, you know she what? made another she made another comment. Let me let me. It was it was ridiculous too. Um, the state of Texas has decided that it is not at all obnoxious to allow deadly concealed weapons uh, in classrooms. However, it does have strict rules about free sexual expression. Uh, Jen Call, you would receive a citation for taking a dildo to class before you would get in trouble for taking a gun to class because they've made it legal. That's why, Jen. Um, so they're not hindering your constitutional right anymore? There's another comment I read somewhere about She's saying that they're trying to make a point that carrying a dildo is just as ineffective in an actor, an active shooter situation than someone having a handgun with them. How how is uh, yes, that's probably going to be ineffective. Your dildo, yes, Jen, but sling it at the guy. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's got one of those you know tube filled things that. Simulates, you know. Anyway, um, you know a lot about dildos. I, you know, I've heard. <laughs> I've heard, but um, yeah, I mean, they could throw them at them, I guess. But how is how is? I'm just I'm just trying to get. I'm just so. I guess I just can't get that stupid, man. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not the smartest man in the world, but yeah. I do have some common sense and some logic. If I've got a firearm and I'm being shot at, at least I've got, you know, a fighting chance to save myself and save others. And again, these are licensed carriers, and we on this show we always push and promote. You know, you you want to get trained. You got to get oh, trained absolutely. on how to use your firearm. You got to know when to use it, when not to use it. Uh, active shooter situations when lives are you know being taken. I think that more than justifies you using your firearm. Um, oh, absolutely. Versus you know, a shoplifter at Home Depot, uh, unarmed shoplifter that's just you know running away with inconsequential material items does not justify you drawing down and shooting uh, an individual, which was our jack wagon uh, last week also. Mm -hmm. um, and a follow-up on that story is that person, I think they're looking into prosecuting her. Um, uh, on that story, but uh, yeah, so I mean, this 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 whole movement that this chick has come up with is <laughs> preposterous, ludicrous, and she deserves a big O seat on the jack wagon train.
Yeah. Oh, she's send her. She send her a dip kit so she can dip her dildo. Well, and that's what I was. That's what I was getting to. So you can even, you know, you can hydro dip your your dildos there, chicks. I've, I've actually seen it done. <laughs> <laughs> Have you really? <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's one guy posted it. Uh, it was uh, it was pretty funny. And he didn't um, win the contest over the bra. Okay. That that wasn't uh that wasn't on that contest. It was. I no, wait a minute. You I said it, it was a guy that did it. It was a it was a guy. That's even more disturbing. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, it was something else. I think that's why I tried to push that memory back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to definitely repress that. But uh, yeah, enough about dildos. Um, <laughs> who's your jack wagon this week, Danny? Uh, I'm still until I get all the facts. Which party I'm gonna put in the jack wagon train? But there's that whole thing in uh, um up in Milwaukee, I think it was, mm-hmm. where uh, they just got um, judgment, actually. Uh, what was it? Was it Badger Firearms or something like that? I think so. Um, yep. <laughs> it was Badger something. But they got uh, sued because one of their guns was used to shoot two cops, and the sellers got sued. Something about straw purchases. I read it. There was nothing I saw illegal that they did. Um, yeah. And I don't know how they'd be able to prove that they knew that they were... So what them. happened was uh, there's a Milwaukee gun shop. I mean, we think it's called Badger Arms. Uh, they were found liable yeah, um, for this. And that's the first time in history that that's happened since uh-huh. the laws were um, designed where, I guess, gun co- gun companies or gun sellers, you know, it made it a lot harder for them to be found responsible for selling guns to people that go and then use them in criminal activities. I mean, like, just from what I read, I mean, as long as they followed ATF protocol and the person who purchased the firearm filled out 11A with yes, that they are the actual person purchasing mm-hmm. the firearm, I really don't see how they can hold them responsible. Well, well now, supposedly, this guy has made numerous purchases, okay, which is still fine. Uh-huh. But you know, my opinion on this is that if this this gun store had any inclination or doubt as to what he was doing, mm-hmm. then they're responsible not to sell it to that person. But at the now, same time, if this person's purchasing a lot of guns, you fill out a mm-hmm. form and you send it to the ATF, and the ATF will investigate that person. So if okay. somebody purchases, you know, three, four, five handguns, you fill out the, I can't remember what the number of the form is, mm-hmm. um, and you send it in, and if they think something's suspicious, they'll go knock on that guy's door and ask him to present the firearms, and if he can't, then he's going in for questioning. Right. Right. So I still don't see how this firearm shop, I mean, unless the guy came in saying, yeah, I'm buying Again, I don't know. Guy. I don't know the circumstances, and if and if the, the, the prosecutor's, could prove that they knew that this guy was intentionally doing the straw buying, uh-huh. then, you know, if they could prove it, then then great. You know, then this gun store definitely needs to be held accountable for it. But if there's no proof and, you know, they were just following, you know, the protocol that's in place, yeah, and I this mean, guy well, was giving, this guy was giving no, this guy was giving no signs of illegal activity, then, you know, they should be free and clear from this. Yeah, and I just, I mean, it was like, what, a $6 million judgment? Yeah, it was $6 million in compensatory and punitive damages stemming from the sale of a gun 
to a straw buyer, someone who buys a gun for another person who is not legally allowed to purchase one. The uh -huh. gun was used weeks later to shoot two Milwaukee police officers, uh, Brian Norberg and Graham Kanish. Uh, the lawsuit is the only is only the second of its kind to go to jury since the Protection of Law, Commerce, and Arms Act, the PLCAA, which is the one I was trying to think of a minute ago, shielding gun shops from liability lawsuits uh, back in, in 2005. Right. But, I mean, either way, the straw purchaser, the guy who came in purchasing the gun for the crackhead is the one that should... Well, I'm sure he's going to see some time, too. Yeah, but... You know, I guarantee you, he's, he's going to get prosecuted also. But I don't know, I don't know the whole situation. But yeah, I'm just well, saying, if they knew and they were aware and the prosecutors could prove it, then they do need to be held accountable for We'll it. definitely have to follow up with that one next week. Yeah. But it's just kind of convenient that it happened right after you have Hillary Clinton, who's the, who, did she drive the jack wagon train? Oh, man. <laughs> she's like the fuel for the jack wagon train. Yeah, man. so she's up, there, she's up there saying that they should make gun manufacturers liable for when somebody takes their inanimate object and goes and shoots somebody. It's, yeah, it's, that's preposterous. That yeah. is absolutely preposterous. So, uh, yeah, so this guy, this straw purchaser, definitely, uh, he's on the jack wagon train. Uh, uh -huh. The gun store, questionable. We don't know all the circumstances behind that, uh, whether they're on there or not. But, I, you know, I, I see both sides of it. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I buy a lot of guns, too. Um, right. But, you know, I don't have the ATF or anybody coming knocking on my door because I don't know why. I don't. I don't. <laughs> well, they're gonna. I mean, I, I don't know. That's just what I don't I know. I don't. Know. I got my FFL. Is that hey, if somebody buys a lot of guns at one time, yeah. and what justifies a lot of guns? And uh, I don't know if this guy was buying a lot of guns at one time. I just think over the period of time he had been buying a lot of guns. Okay. I don't know. I'm. I'm not gonna speculate. But anyway, yeah. it's it's gone to a court. It's gone to a jury. These guys were found guilty. So apparently there was. Um, supposedly, I'm not say apparently. Supposedly, there was enough evidence to find them uh, liable for punitive damages. Yeah. Or the prosecutor just picked the right jury members. I don't know. Well, you know, <laughs> that, that's what it boils down to. You know, is yeah. luck of the draw, I guess. I don't know. I'd like to see some follow up on that and see what they actually see. What all the details of the story. That's are. your responsibility. You to keep us apprised of that. All right, I'll do it. And we've got another jack wagon that we're going to throw on. It used this to be. This your heart. It hurt my stomach, man. It used to be one of my my favorite restaurants. I'm not going to say I would go here every day, but I really enjoyed their chicken biscuits, and I always add bacon to it and cheese and tomatoes. But the Waffle House, and I didn't know this, but it's a company policy there that they don't allow firearms uh, on their premises. Uh, I've never noticed a sign. I, you know, I just, I just haven't noticed it. And I've, I carry in Waffle House all the time. <laughs> and I've been with people who have open carried in Waffle House, and they've never said a word. They welcome, welcomed us, uh, no issues, no problems. So, uh, you know, I, I wasn't aware that they had that policy. But uh, there was a incident in South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina. Where a rob they were uh, they were robbed at gunpoint. I'm trying to find a story. 
so that their so October no gun policy is <laughs> right. So it didn't stop the the robber from carrying in there and and stealing. He stole the whole cash register. So apparently this guy went in. He he robbed him. He took the whole cash register. He's like, F just give me the whole cash register. <laughs> I'll sort it out later. Yeah. And he's running out the door, and just so happens there's a security guard who's off duty out in the parking lot. And he confronts the alleged robber, and supposedly I think when you have a cash register in your hand. It's not really alleged, and a gun, <laughs> cash register and a gun. Well, you know, it's got to be proved in a in a yeah, that's true. court. You know, um, but anyway, this guy, this security officer, confronted him, asked him to cease and desist, and the guy pulled his gun on him and, and fired at him. So in self-defense, and again, I wasn't there. I don't know all the this the details exactly, but this is what I've read. He pulled shot the uh, the bank robber in the abdomen, and he died from his wounds. Uh, and then all the people in the restaurant were hailing this guy as a hero. Mm -hmm. You know, very thankful um, that he did what he did, intervened, and put down the armed robber who was trying to take his life. So Waffle House comes out with a statement basically ignoring this guy, basically just chastising him for what he did, um, and still upholding their no-gun policy. But he was Staunch. outside. They he was outside him, in there. They should be their, giving him free Waffle House for life. Well, I don't know how Waffle House is operated, if they're franchises or what, but I guarantee you the, the waitresses and people there probably are. But if, but if I'm him, I'm not going to be going to Waffle House anymore. Screw them. No. And I'm not. I'm not going to Waffle House anymore because of this. Um, Waffle House, let's see, their statements, we are very fortunate that no associate or customer were harmed in this tragic incident. It is Waffle House Incorporated Policy... I don't know what's wrong with this person who wrote this story's problem with the English language, but I'm reading it just like they have it. Uh, it should be, it is Waffle House's policy not to allow firearms with the exception of law enforcement officers, including security guards. It is our understanding that the customer involved was an off-duty security guard who was carrying his firearm, and the incident occurred outside the restaurant. We are well aware that different people and businesses have varying opinions regarding this issue. We respect the right of all to have different opinions. However, we continue to believe this is the best policy for the safety of our customers and associates. Okay. <laughs> After they just got robbed at gunpoint. And, yeah. you know, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to that. We are very thankful that no other customers or associates were hurt and will continue to work with local law enforcement as they investigate this matter. Uh, it's interesting to note that a Waffle House in Nicholsville, Kentucky, took the same tact after refusing to serve a uniformed National Guard soldier on September 27th because he was wearing a holstered gun on his hip. And instead of apologizing for the incident, the Nicholsville Waffle House released a statement reaffirming their gun-free policy. For many years, we have had a no-firearms policy in place in our restaurants. We continue to believe this is the best policy for the safety of our customers and associates. So, um, 
Welcome to the Jack Wagon Train Waffle House. That I mean, it's been proven time and time and time and time again that gun-free zones are going to be the targets of people who will not obey your no firearms policy and take advantage of you, your resources, your cash registers, <laughs> yeah, yeah, your customers, uh, and your employees. Uh, so therefore, I will not be attending Waffle House anymore. So it's on to IHOP. I'll have my I'll have my chicken biscuit with bacon and cheese and tomato somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did you have any anybody else? That was a big jack wagon train this week. <laughs> that man. was. That was. Um, not off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, well, we've been long-winded, so let's go ahead and jump into our fact to fight the myth. SDI is proud to present the Talking Lead Fact to Fight the Myth. So I've got a fact to fight the myth, and it has to do with hydro dipping. And I, I kind of touched on it uh, during our discussion earlier, and it goes back to you got to have all this professional equipment to be able to hydro dip. And, you know, I just crushed that myth um, hands down with, you know, I went to Walmart, bought a freaking $10, 55-gallon tub, and I've done one, two, three uh, firearms, three full-size firearms uh, using just that equipment right there. And scotch, or not scotch tape, but... Um, Painter's tape, masking tape. Uh, very inexpensive. Uh, you know, that's another misconception that that people have is that it costs a lot to hydro dip. Uh, you know, other you know th than the kit, the equipment that I needed, uh, I'm out. The tape was probably, uh, and I bought one of those big economy packs, <laughs> five bucks for all the tape that I got, and that'll last me probably for every dip that I do from here on out. And in my tub, uh, was eleven bucks. So what, twenty bucks maybe total that I'm out on um, materials and equipment. So um, no excuse for you not to go ahead and start doing your own home hydro dipping projects. Not at all. Yeah. Did you or, do you know of any other myths? Um, uh. If you watch the YouTube videos, um, you know some people will make you think that you know a monkey can do it. Uh, it does take a while. <laughs> well, I'm I'm almost proof of that, man. Well, I mean, it, it is it's easy, but it does take a little bit of finesse. It does take a few, you know, it does take a little bit of practice to you know get honed in. It takes patience. You've got to be yeah. you've got to be patient. You can't rush it. You know, and that's something that you know I have is I have artificial patience. Uh -huh. And that goes in with me while I'm waiting to do something, I'm over here doing something else. Exactly. And that's what's great about this project, especially if you're ADD like I am, <laughs> is, is, is when, you're, you know, when you're waiting for something to dry, you could be over here prepping your film. And then while you're, you know, you're doing your film, then your paint's dried, so you could go get those pieces. Uh, you could start getting your water ready. Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of things that you could be doing because of the time frames that are in between. That you know keeps you active, so you're yeah. not idle the whole time. But you gotta you gotta be patient though. Oh yeah, you gotta be patient. Take your time. You know, read the directions, focus, and uh, 
you know, you, you should have good results. And if you don't, give me a call. I'll help you. <coughs> That's right. And he will. And they can reach you on, they can reach out to Facebook, uh, yeah. message Facebook. you on there, and you'll, you'll respond to them. We'll respond to Facebook uh, through our website. You can give us our phone number for the shops on our website, uh, email, um, you know, there's many ways to get in touch with us. Yep. And I had to call you on a couple occasions, but minor stuff that uh, once you explained it to me made sense. And yeah. I, I zoomed right through it. Yeah, and we got lots of videos. We're constantly adding them, uh, trying to get, you know, when we get asked a question over and over again, we tend to try to do a video on that subject. And uh, so we got a good bit of them. You know, if time allows, I add more. Uh, haven't added one in a couple weeks, but we'll get some more coming. Yeah. And, um, there's lots of resources. There you go. And and if you guys are already um, hydro dipping and you're using the uh, dipstick uh, coatings, they can go to your website and they can post their projects up there, right? Yes, sir. You can. Uh, well, you can post them. You can send them to us, uh, Facebook and email, and we'll post them up on our website. Uh, you know, and you can post them straight to our Facebook wall. Um, you know, show it off. Uh, we love to see y'all's work. It's a lot. Please, of fun. no dildos. <laughs> I'm gonna send one. I'm gonna find that picture. I'm gonna send it to you. <laughs> okay. I can't wait. <laughs> Get the dig back oh. in the archives on that one. But uh, there you go. Yeah. SDI's 32 semester credit hour certificate program in gunsmithing and 60 credit hour associate of science and firearms technology degree program can work hand in hand and are the most complete training programs of their kind. SDI strives to give you the best quantity and quality of professional gunsmithing information and tools. These programs are perfect for students interested in careers in the firearms industry or for those who are interested in owning their own gunsmithing business. Our programs are delivered via distance learning, which allows our students to maintain full-time jobs, families, military service, and more while working towards their degree or certificate. The Sonoran Desert Institute mission is adding value to our students' lives by providing innovative, relevant, and applicable workplace-driven education through distance-delivered instructions. Visit them at sdi.edu. So that's going to bring us to our trivia question. And last week's trivia question uh, was surrounded around uh, the video that I did with Casey Griggs at the Brownells um, three-gun competition where he was at a, a shotgun stage. And the question was, how many shots did he fire? during that stage and the official word is not in yet because Casey Griggs is going to be the official word uh, but we're getting different differing answers to it and I've gone through it a couple of times and I'm still I get the same number every time so I'm gonna push this contest the winner of this contest back another week so you guys and if you've already answered that's your answer I'm not gonna I'm gonna let you change your answer <laughs> So you're locked in at whatever you first uh, put it in. But I'll give people uh, an, a little bit longer on this one uh, to get the right answer until Casey gets back with me and gives me the official how many shots were fired. Um, and the winner of that's going to get, like we said before, some swag from the IV888 um, YouTube shoot uh, range day. So um, that one's in limbo. Uh, sorry to, to make you guys wait, but hey. 
You know, I, I want to be fair about this. So we'll go ahead and we'll do another trivia question with Danny. And Danny, what is our trivia question this week? Uh, trivia question is how much is the basic dip kit? Wow, that's easy. So I'm assuming they could probably go to your website and find that out. Yeah, I think it's on the front page. Okay. <laughs> okay. Very good. So what you guys got to do is you got to go visit the website, obviously. Dip123.com. Uh, Dip123. And in addition to the price, you got to tell us what all is included with that also. What all is included with that kit that you get at that, at that price. Uh, and then you also have to go to their Facebook page and like them. So it's a three-part kind of question, <laughs> but it's easy. It's super simple easy. And let's make it a little bit harder. Okay. You were telling me that for a while you're going to run a special just for leadheads. Yes, right? sir. For the next okay. month. For the next month, we're going to do 10% off all hydrographic products, uh, excluding our tanks. Um, and the uh, coupon code is LEADHEAD, all caps. LEADHEAD, that's L-E-A-D-H-E-A-D. -E -E yes, sir. Some people pronounce it LEADHEAD. Yeah. <laughs> tomato, tomato, tomato. But, yeah, LEADHEAD, awesome. So, LEADHEADS, if you uh, were ever going to do it, now's the time. You're going to get 10% off with your order. And you don't have to include the 10% as part of the answer. But you do have to tell us what the code is. So when you submit your answer, you got to tell us how much the basic price is, what all is included, like their Facebook page, and tell us what the 10% uh, talking lead code is, which is leadhead. 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 And I want to see you guys using that code too, because he's going to be tracking uh, and seeing how many of you leadheads uh, are taking part in using the product. So. Buy a lot of kits. Well, it's on everything. It's not just kits. It's it's anything you got on there other than the, the other than tubs. the tanks. Other yeah. than the tanks, yeah. yeah. So film, uh, activator, paint. Uh, what else you got on there? Uh, let's see, film, activator, paint. Uh, all of our spray guns, all the other equipment, really. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you, Leadheads, this is a big prize too. So once you go check out the, the price of those things, because there's a lot included with it, but it's everything you need to do your kit, except the water. Yep, just add your water. Just add water, man. That's it. I think that's written on the side of our box, too. Uh, and your tub. <laughs> so you need you, you need to get your tub, too. Yeah. So, all right, good deal. Let's talk about your um, your contest page. Oh yeah, we do. Uh, for one, when you get into, or if you're already into hydrographics, um, we have a, a Facebook group. Um, it's where we host all of our contests, and we try to do one, two. I feel frisky three a month. Um, and you know, we just like to give stuff away. It's cool. a, a lot of fun. It gets people out there showing off work. It inspires other people. You know, go check out some of these people's work. Uh, you know, get give you some ideas on what you can do on your own projects. And, yeah. It's a lot Very of fun. Cool. People, people, uh, people put some cool stuff up there. I mean, a lot Leadheads, of Leadheads like giveaways, so there's yeah. another opportunity for you, for you guys to win some cool stuff. Yep. All right. Well, Danny, I can't thank you enough for being on the show this week, man. Um, 
really been looking forward to this. Uh, I, I hated that I procrastinated so long in, in doing it, but then I really don't because now I'm, I'm addicted again. So I've got just <laughs> you know, another another freaking um, addiction. But there, there you go. But I can't, you can't have too many hobbies, you know? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, I need one more thing to do. I've got, I've got a year's worth of video that I still need to go through and edit. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what, for, what, are you still on SHOT Show video? For everything. Man, I think I've got all the SHOT Show videos done <laughs> now. But from that shoot I did with Asymmetric Technologies, that machine gun shoot, uh-huh. uh, I've got, you know, several... Uh, videos that I can release from that. I've got sub two thousand videos. I've got the Iraq veteran uh, videos. I've got the Gold's Gym videos that I just did uh, anniversary with uh, Mission Twenty Two. The Trigic, not the Trigicon, um, the Brown L's three gun competition. <laughs> I've got tons of videos. There's just not enough of me to go around, man. Yeah. Um, you yeah, you, you do any video? Do. You do any video editing, man? I, I tinker with it. Okay. <laughs> you need don't, some help with something? Send it don't, on. Don't tell me that, cause <laughs> I will send it to you. I'll, I'll send I it had to you, but, but I'm a procrastinator too, so we'll see. I had a little <laughs> college intern that was doing some stuff for me, but he was slower than me. <laughs> uh, while I was waiting on him, I went ahead and knocked out three videos that he was supposed to be working on, and I was like, "Uh, eh, sorry, dude. I just need to get another intern." Yeah. The the price um, is weird on those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, all right, man. Uh, Ladyheads, make sure you go check out Dip One Two Three, and get all your hydro dipping materials and supplies from Danny. And be sure to use that Leadhead code to get your ten percent off. And I'll be posting that on the uh, Facebook as well. Awesome. And as always, Leadheads, keep your loved ones close. And your dip guns closer. There you go. Dip guns, not your dildos. <laughs> Keep those things away from us. You can't put me on the spot like that, man. <laughs> so what's, what's to prevent... Uh, so what we're going to see is we're going to see a rise in campus rapes now. and People getting raped <laughs> with their own dildos. <laughs> Mark my word, that's what's going to happen. Oh my gosh, that would be the funniest headline ever. That would, that would I mean, it would be, wouldn't be a funny crime at all, but just think no. of it. Uh, uh, it would be irony. It'd be, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It would be the perfect irony. <laughs> my brand new range Spent all of my money On high cap new mags No cash is left over Like 38 special I wish I was frugal Now I need cheap Pistol ammo I don't need any more new gear Ammo needs quite clear I've got some gun shirts I've got eyes and ears got all the holsters, more guns than my peers, I 
want to hear a bang instead of a click. When I pull the trigger on my 38 special, now I need cheap pistol ammo. I don't need any more new gear, just a financial planner. Poopy hits the fan. 